Welcome to the Democracy Group, a network of podcasts about democracy, civic engagement, and civil discourse. In this feed, you will find a sampling of episodes from our podcast and the Democracy Group, as well as recordings from our events. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please visit democracygroup.org to find more like this. Now let's get to our featured episode. large city councilor in the city of Boston and I'm here to tell you that because of one vote yes one vote I won my elections which means if you think your vote doesn't matter you need to think again hello everybody and thank you so much for joining welcome to our webinar the citizen superhero and the power of one vote um, I want to thank uh, all of our guests for joining I think it's going to be a fun conversation here on Valentine's Day so uh, to kick everything off um, Let's each introduce ourselves and maybe say one thing that we love about voting to celebrate Valentine's Day. Uh, I am Sarah Gifford, your host. I'm here from ActiVote. Um, and the thing I love about voting are the I Voted stickers. Um, I, I save them. I enjoy them all year round. Shakira, maybe you can go next. Yes. Uh, my name is Shakira Mills. I'm the Deputy Chief of Staff at Bridge Alliance. One thing I love about voting, uh, it's a wonderful excuse to be doing one thing at a time, right? I can't do anything else because I'm voting. Excellent. Mila, maybe you can go next. Hi, I'm Mila Atmos. I'm the host of Future Hindsight, which is a civic engagement podcast. And what I love about voting is that I feel that I'm exercising my power to be a good citizen. Excellent. Ted. My name is uh, Ted Getchman. I'm the founder and executive director of Common Sense for United America and MaxVoting.org. And I kind of echo what Mila said. I like finding out about all the candidates and feeling that sense of power that it's up to me. I get to make the call. So I, I really like that. Thank you. Chuck. Hi, everyone. Chuck Cora. I'm the associate director of coalitions and policy research at Generation Citizen. Um, one thing I love about voting is it just feels so empowering. It's such a cool experience. And when you bring other people in to do it with you, it's even better. Debbie, last but certainly not least. <laughs> Hi, everyone. I am Debbie Lombardi. I use she, her pronouns. I'm the program director for National Voter Registration Day. And I love a lot of people told personal things, but I love seeing new voters get really excited about voting. That's one of my favorite things. So. Excellent. Well, we are all here because we love voting um, and also love inspiring others to do the same thing. Um, in the video that we showed at the beginning, sound maybe didn't work. Um, there are elections all over the country that are decided by a single vote. Um, and if not a single vote, by only a handful of votes. And so especially when you get into local elections, special elections, uh, every single person's vote matters. Uh, when you look at that election space, um, there are, you know, what many campaigns call super voters that vote in all elections. And then there's, you know, everybody else in between. Um, so maybe to start off today, um, we are all working in the democracy space, uh, probably also all super voters. Um, as we came. So maybe to talk about what inspired each of us um, to become a super voter. Uh, very quickly for me, my parents used to take us voting with them when we were kids. It was in the gymnasium of my elementary school. 
I was a little bit of a geek, um, even back in like kindergarten, and we weren't allowed to go to school until my parents finished voting. So the, whether the line was long or the line was short, we would be late to class, um, which at the time I thought was like the worst punishment in the world uh, to be late to school just to go to vote. Um, and now I realize that my parents just taught me an amazing lesson um, about how important it is. And it's OK to be just a few minutes late if it means you get to exercise that right to vote. Um, so maybe I'd love for everybody to share kind of what inspired you um, to kind of work in this space and, and be a super voter yourself. Uh, I can go ahead and, and kick that off. Um, starting with what inspired me to get into this work, um, just because of how unique Bridge Alliance is and that um, a lot of organizations will have a focus or maybe a, a side of the spectrum that they tend to fall on, whereas Bridge Alliance is really advocating for everybody's piece of the solution being just as valid. And because I was military, I never grew up in one space. So I have like a lot of, a lot of life experience of just seeing the value in different but often conflicting perspectives, but still seeing them all as important to this like multifaceted world that we live in anyway. Um, so that's what really inspired me to get into the work. Um, what's inspired me to be a super voter, I'll be honest, I didn't become one until I had my daughter two years ago. And then that's what inspired me because it wasn't um, really advocated for in my neighborhood or encouraged. And so I wanted to start doing that so that she would then normalize it and become a super voter. I could jump in here a second. We'll keep our order going, but kind of to echo some of what uh, Shakira said, uh, being in the military and seeing a lot of this in the international space and not everybody has not only just the ability and the right to go out and do the voting, but um, we believe it or not, there's a lot less influence or nefarious influence over how we vote and who we vote for. Um, it hasn't always been that way in the history of the United States, but I think certainly it, it might look dark, but uh, we're in a good period right now. Um, where you really can, you know, go out and say, this is what I believe in and this is who I want to vote for. So that's that's what inspired me. And it was other areas about uh, the voting kind of inspired me to move towards the Common Sense for United America, which dealt with more the fact that uh, it's an all or nothing game on our voting. Like you said, every vote counts, but it's kind of like if if your side doesn't win, then everything bad happens. And that's kind of the darker side of all of this, but uh, those are my inspirations. Um, I'm happy to jump in and thanks to everybody else for, for sharing their experience. Mine, uh, I think mirrors some of y'all's. Uh, I had a mom who was very uh, engaged in voting growing up and took me with her when I was a little kid and would explain the process to me and explain who she's voting for and why. And it was a really cool experience. And I always was excited uh, to be able to do that myself for some reason she just she kind of ignited that excitement in me and so the first opportunity i had to vote i went and i did it and it was really cool um and i think like with this work uh so i work for generation citizen and for those who don't know we advocate for um comprehensive and high quality civics education uh for all students we believe that everyone should have access to it uh and one of the reasons that i got involved in this is because i, I think it's so fundamental to just the strength and healthiness of our democracy to have a full understanding, not just of how our nation was founded, but how things work 
at a very base level from your local level all the way up to your federal level and to have an interest in that too and not be bored by it and not be you know annoyed by it and find like that there's real value in understanding those institutions and so when the opportunity arose to work for GC I jumped at it because it's such a unique opportunity and we are in a very unique time right now in order to be able to kind of I think set people on a good course with uh, with civics education so that they're more empowered to be active citizens. So uh, I'll jump in next. Um, thanks, Chuck. I think uh, what you said there was so powerful. I think a lot of people are not uh, very well-versed about how much power they have and how the government actually works. And that was definitely one of the inspirations for me to get into this democracy space to make sure that people understand how they can actually shape what's happening in the public sphere. And so that's the inspiration behind Future Hindsight. What we do is we talk to people who make a difference, who are citizen change makers, we call them, and uh, give people ideas of what they can do beyond voting, but short of running for office. And uh, I became a super voter because I have not been a citizen for a long time. I came to the United States uh, as an exchange student, actually, and I didn't become an American citizen until 20 years later. And towards the end, before I became a citizen, I thought, you know, I'm paying all of these taxes as a green card holder at that time. And I thought, you know, what is this? You know, taxes without representation. I need to become a citizen. So I did. Uh, and uh, I mean, it sounds like a cliche, but honestly, I, you know, I'd been living here at that point for 20 years. And I thought, if only other people would vote this way or that way or, you know, make your make their voices heard. And so uh, I have not missed an election since I have a good story. There was one time I live in New York City and uh, we have a closed primary system and sometimes or very often you know, the primary is the big race and the general election is a foregone conclusion. And the primary had already happened. It was the general. And I thought, oh, my goodness, it's raining. I really want to go out. And my at the time, 10 year old said to me, what, you haven't voted yet today? And I said, I don't know. It's raining really hard. I don't really want to go out now. And he said, well, it's one more hour until the polls close. So I put on my rain slicker and my rain boots and I went back out and I voted. And I brought home the sticker. Wonderful. Um, I think that the last person. So um, I really got involved and started voting and got involved in this work because I grew up in a really small town and similar to what some other folks said, it wasn't until I got to college that I really understood how voting, the voting process worked and how our systems of government worked because my parents never really voted and it wasn't a big thing in my community. And I was like, this is kind of messed up. Why didn't I learn about this in high school? Why did no one talk to me about the voting process? Why isn't this something that, you know, I was exposed to, you know, not just within my family, but within like my education, which I thought was really important. Um, so I started at an internship with for Montana Foundation, um, which is affiliate of the Alliance for Youth Organizing, a national group. Um, and I worked there for a few years. And one of the first events I worked on was National Voter Registration Day, which makes it feel very full circle that I work on that now. Um, but I worked on their high school program to help engage students in the voting process. because I really thought it would be so valuable to have that be a part of your earlier education instead of something that you um, 
only learn if you're exposed to it from family or friends or when you're in college. So that's really what got me involved. These are inspiring stories of both what makes each of us a super voter, but also how we're passing that on um, to those around us and, and those coming up behind us. Um, if you look besides that, you know, elections can be decided by very few votes. Um, it's, a, it's a cyclical system as well, right? When you're the people that vote, you're also the people that elected officials listen to more because they know that you're the one that's going to show up to get them either reelected or to boot them out of office. And so, you know, your vote doesn't just count on election day. It counts for all those officials who... Um, you know, advocate for you and all of uh, the constituents around you, whether they vote or not. And so one of the things I always tell people is, you know, does my vote matter? Um, besides that it matters in that specific election, um, even if the election is a landslide, your vote matters because they're going to be talking to you um, and they're going to be asking your opinion and they're going to be calling and reminding you for the next election. Um, and so that one vote, um, especially that series of votes, really amplifies themselves over time. Uh, what do each of you tell people when you know people ask, well, does my vote even matter? Um, or why does my vote matter? How, how do you answer that question uh, you know, to inspire others uh, to vote like we do? I'll, uh, I'll go ahead and start and keep the order. This is a, a pretty loaded question. I'd say it's gonna be a loaded question um, for everyone because our experiences have been so different and so, from growing up to now, what we tell people is gonna be different. And oftentimes, right, with the country we live in, it's often gonna be very personal. Um, and, and I would say that I tell the truth and the whole truth to people when it comes to why it's important to vote um, in that we have always had this power and this is the one thing that sets us apart from other countries, right? We have the ability to elect the people who then govern us, um, but historically, right, it's been, it's been skewed. And so for that, I think people often hear that or they learn about it later on in their lives and it discourages them from voting as opposed to encouraging them to vote and encourage others to vote, right? It's a system. And it, it, we have to work it in order for it to work. But because others in the past have tried to break it or, or corrupt it, it discourages people from voting. So I would say I tell people the truth and the whole truth. And I, I do it from a perspective of saying this is why it's important for you to know how this works and know that your vote is what's going to change these things and prevent these things from happening again. I think the thing that I would... Uh advise people on or, or to try to get them to vote more or to more effectively, it's just kind of to really fully understand, and this goes back to what you're doing, Sarah, an active vote is, you know, do you really know what these people do? What are these positions that you're voting on? You know, what is the role of the city attorney? What is the role of the, you know, university of region? And um, I would say that, you know, it, there is an economic um, level to this argument. What is it really worth to the voter to go do this? So I might've actually stayed at home, Mila, in the, uh, the rain, given the, uh, the foregone conclusion on that one. But I think oftentimes you have, you know, an individual who's going up for office, but, or you have a couple of individuals who are going up, but the position, how much impact does it really have on somebody? Uh, is this something that they need to do? But 
the problem I see is people don't know. They don't know who's coming out. They don't know what the position, you know, how, what, how it could impact them. And so it's, it's the first step isn't just even so much, hey, get out there and vote. It's understand who's in this election and understand what it could mean and the impact this could have on your life. And then does it make sense for you to participate and have a voice? And because I think then they start, oh, my gosh, I really, yeah, this does matter now. So that's my two cents. Yeah, I would jump in and say, you know, this question is obviously it's asked a lot. And I think a lot of times people equate it to like when they ask, does does my vote matter? Typically what they're thinking of, am I going to be casting the deciding vote or is my vote going to be influential in the outcome or the result of this election? And a lot of times people often think about, you know, the broad like like a presidential election or something like that. But what I like to try to tell people is there's so many elections where a few votes make a huge difference. I used to live in Nashville, Tennessee for a long time and metro council races, which have an enormous influence over the politics and the policies of the city, often come down to a handful of votes school board elections, which we have seen a renewed resurgence in the interest in those this year, particularly in last year, those often come down to just a handful of votes. And, you know, this is kind of a, it's maybe not the best analogy, but I I try to liken it to using a seatbelt. You use a seatbelt, it's not going to necessarily be needed every time you get into a car, but it's your form of harm reduction. You get in, you put your seatbelt on, sometimes it's going to make a huge difference. Sometimes it might not make much of a difference at all, but what matters is you're using it, you're setting a good example for people who observe what you're doing, and you're showing other people like what's a proper way to operate a car. I think the same thing is about voting. Like you're going to go into a voting booth, especially if you vote in a presidential election or something like that, your vote is probably not going to be the deciding vote of how a state goes or how an election goes in that respect. But it's important to do it. um, One, develop a habit. Uh, because, and this is something through one of the the um, initiatives that we have at Generation Citizen Vote 16, voting is a habit, and it's something that's really important to establish when you're young. And so uh, by doing that, you can create that habit and be able to, you know, have it be a more normal course for your life. But I think more importantly is there's so many times that I look at this and think, like, so many people fought, shed blood to to give me the privilege of voting, and I don't want to let those people down. I don't want to make that look like it wasn't worth it. Um, and so, and, I, and there's so many people that want to be able to vote in this country, but can't for so many reasons. And I try to remember that too, when I go to the voting booth and I try to try to tell other people that too. Um, because it, just because your vote may not shift the entire outcome of a race doesn't mean it doesn't matter. Yeah, there's so many things that have already been said here. I would add, which is kind of like a, a mix between what Ted and Chuck just said, is that, you know, in local and small elections, uh, it matters also to you directly. The outcomes matter to you. So I was recently looking at an election midsummer in Nantucket uh, this last June. It was kind of, you know, obviously off cycle, an election in June. But what was on the ballot were things like, should we buy a new ambulance? Now, Nantucket is a very small community. It has about 17,000 people who live there year round, but only 1,500 people or something like that voted. And so it passed buying a new uh, ambulance. And it also passed to buy another, uh, I think, ventilator. Uh, And so those are good things. But what also happened is that they then 
passed a tax hike to pay for the ambulance and the ventilator. And I think if you knew that that was going to happen, you would show up and vote and prevent potentially or agree and, and, you know, resoundingly give your approval to the tax hike. And I just think that these these are issues that affect us, especially on the local level, and uh, it behooves us to show up. But to Ted's point, we need to know what's what's on the ballot, like who is running for what? And if it's a referendum like this, then, you know, we need to also understand what the repercussions are for voting for these things. And if you don't do it, somebody else will. I think people made a a lot of great points about, you know, like, yes, your vote does matter. And a lot of recognition that like, um, there's a lot of reasons people may think that their vote doesn't matter, but I also... So I'm going to talk a little bit more about like, you know, if you're a friend and you're someone who votes actively, they say that some of the best ways to encourage other people to vote is by offering support and encouraging them and talking to them because you can relate to their experiences more actively. So it's called, you know, relational organizing is like the working term for it, but friends and family members can be really influential in helping, you know, their friends and family who don't vote and figuring out not only like the process for voting, which can be difficult as well, which I think we might talk about a little bit later, but also in identifying like why their vote might be important and providing the education pieces about that. Um, And I think, you know, one, another factor that is a lot of oftentimes discourages people to vote is they don't like the candidates, which can be so valid is you feel like no one really fully represents your interests and that's going to continue to happen. Um, But by voting for someone that better represents your interests than others, you can still influence what happens in your community and show that your interests matter. So hopefully more candidates that better represent your interests run in the future. Um, So I think that is an important piece of this. Um, And, you know, Voting is still one of the best ways to influence the candidates and referendums and issues that are passed locally, statewide, and nationally for folks. So So you all touch on some great points um, around people needing to know more about what's on the ballot and what these positions do, uh, hearing from friends and family uh, and people that they trust. Um, And that's a perfect kind of segue into what what do we think voters need um, and how can we help them um, in the voting process. Um, you know, I think information is certainly one of those things. That's what ActiveVote does is try to provide a platform with information about, about your ballot and about the issues and try to help create informed and confident voters. Um, but I think next to just being informed, um, I think it's feeling valued. Um, I think if we, we look at that landscape, most people aren't asked for their vote, right? So we're all super voters. I'm sure that your mailbox and your text messages and your phone blow up, you know, the months before every election. Um, But then we don't hear from those people again for two years, four years, six years, depending on what that cycle is. Um, But that being said, it's nice to be asked, right? Um, Somebody valued me enough to to call me and spend money on a mailer and whatnot. And so I, you know, I think one, you know, in addition to education and in addition to some of these other things, um, I think Debbie kind of going off on what you're saying, it's nice to be asked. It's not even if it's from a friend or a family, right, that, that they value um, you taking the time and the energy to participate um, in this. So, so I'm, I'm curious, well, you know, what other things do you think, um, you know, we or the community writ large can provide for voters um, 
you know, to help them, you know, all become super voters. I have a, a bit of an optimistic answer in that surprisingly, we are well on our way to, to providing more of what's already out there that, that gives people access to voting. I used to be one of those people um, that my immediate answer to that question was accessibility. People don't have accessibility. People don't have ways to get to polls or people don't have um, a way to take off of work, right, um, to go and vote or, or people who can't necessarily travel at all. Maybe they can't walk or they have handicap, but they still have the ability to vote. And there are now all of these things, mail-in voting. Um, a lot of neighborhoods that I know of will often organize, uh, what is it like, group uh, carpooling vans to go through neighborhoods and pick up people that can't, you know, get there themselves. Uh, you have so, I think what voting is a national holiday as well, so people can take off of work. So I, I think that a few years ago, maybe this, that would have been like my first answer. People are, don't have access to voting. And so this leads into, well, obviously my vote doesn't matter. No one cares to put these things in place to give me the ability to go and vote. Um, I just think that we need a little more time to give these things, um, give these things time to, to spread and, and be put into effect into neighborhoods that need them the most. And then maybe a, a few years from now or a couple of decades from now, we, we won't have this conversation about what do voters need um, to get to the polls and be encouraged to vote? It will be, how can we keep this going? Or, or um, maybe the conversation would just be about encouragement or lowering the voting age or just getting straight to youth. Um, but I, I do think there, at this point, we are well on our way to, or at least I see a lot of genuine efforts being put into place to get people um, to have access to voting. Um, some of the things that uh, Shakira was saying, obviously, uh, I would echo that. And, and what you talked about, too, Sarah, um, there are some main things that we just have to have. And that's an understanding of what the elections are, what are the positions that are involved. So there's that that understanding piece. Um, I think ease to the ballot, you know, as far as it's easy access, it's simple, but it's also secure. People need to trust that these methods are actually producing the right result. So it needs to be transparent. And then there's education in understanding, you know, in my community, in my little world, what are the elected positions um, and what impact do those individuals have over my life? Um, and then, you know, what are the issues that are coming up? I mean, those are the core things. And you never just have, very rarely do you have an election for like one position or one thing, but I guess that's where I might break beyond that from the panel. Um, from the idea of a, a super voter, I, for me, it would just be ensuring that everybody had this knowledge, had this education, had this access, but then it's up to them what they want to do with it. Because I think the time when we get the largest voter turnout is when we are dealing with you know, um, high risk, very extreme situations where either everything's going to go my way or everything's going to be, you know, going to go bad. So there's a lot of stake in the game for the individual voter. So it matters so much. And I think when we're pushed at to that level, then when you don't win, when your side doesn't happen to come through, then that's when you start seeing the large marches, you see the insurrections, the riots, the whatever, um, following on that. I think actually in probably my perfect world for an election, um, 
you would actually not have an exceedingly large turnout uh, because you would have a series of representatives who represent the majority opinion of the voters. They've done their research. It's not their opinion they're supporting or a party's opinion they're supporting, but the majority opinion of the voters. And they're all outstanding candidates. And so now you're thinking, well, you know, what's the difference between them? I mean, you get into, okay, gender or race or ethnicity or background or professional experience or how effective you think someone's going to be. But, you know, resolving for those things, I think you could find yourself in a position where you're like, hey, I'm happy that any of these individuals, you know, can be elected. So I think that the big things are the education and the access and the understanding of what's going on. Um, But I wouldn't actually, you know, stake too high on, well, let's make sure we have the highest possible voter turnout that we could have. And I'll shut up there. Yeah, I guess I don't have a ton to add to this. I think all the points made were extremely valid and and kind of reflect my viewpoint. I guess what I would say is one thing that I've noticed is there's a lot of um, apathy, I think, across the board with with voting in general. And there's so many there's so many hoops that you you have to jump through even just to vote. Like, I mean, taking off work, for example, for a lot of people, um, finding a way to the polls, those are all practical things, but just the apathy in general, at least in my experience, I've seen as a problem because a lot of people don't know a lot about what the different roles that they're voting on does. um, And and they just don't know much about like, why, why does it matter? Why do, why should I go and care about this? And I think, or like, it doesn't matter because all politicians are corrupt or something like that. I hear that a lot. And so I think communicating about what government does and what those particular people in those positions do and how much is affected just by, you know, a, a county assessor or something, for example, or a state legislator and getting to know and understand those positions and those people, I think is important. And that's a collective effort, not just on activists, but on lawmakers, on public officials to be able to do that as well. Um, so it's it's something that's like, there's not a clear answer to me for it, but there are a lot of different factors that lead into that. It's so easy just to, you know, I mean, especially when it's raining, just to like say, I don't really feel like going out and voting today. And so it's hard to get somebody to yes like that, but there are, there's a ton of different factors. So um, I think to everyone's point here, there's a lot of good election reform happening in terms of trying to get a national holiday and making voting more accessible in different ways to combat gerrymandering and things like this. Uh, Having said that, I definitely firmly believe that high voter turnout will render the most representative government we could have. Uh, and I think to make voting a habit, it, I think, relies on the education of the voter, which has also been mentioned here a lot. Uh, and, you know, 20 years ago, there was very robust civics education in public schools, all the way from lower school to upper school. And now in some places, it's not taught at all. Or in some places, like I live in New York State, uh, I think the requirement is one semester, your second semester of your senior year in high school, which is really an unideal time to learn about civics or about how your government works. And I think the degradation, the decline of teaching civics uh, correlates also with voter turnout of the of older populations, right? Like I think older people know how the government works. And so they are more compelled to vote because they know what's going to happen with their vote. And I think young people very often don't do that. Also, young people are often told, oh, you know, young people don't turn out to vote. 
So if you are young people, you if you're a young person rather and you hear that, then you're just gonna buy that. Like, oh, I'm a young person. I guess I don't vote. You know, like that actually that I I think that actually happens when they say that's my demographic and that's what we do. So uh I think there are so many things we could be doing, but certainly better civics education is one, making voting yet more accessible is another. Uh, and I think we should talk to all of our friends and family about the power that we have when we do go out and vote. And, you know, to say things like, you know, when we go out and vote, then we can have these kinds of policies because the candidate that I support supports these kinds of things. Uh, you know, for example, even with Biden, you could say, and I know that uh, this is maybe not a great example, but I think it's universal in its appeal because it literally half childhood poverty last year or two years ago when he passed it. Um, and you can say, look, people came out and they voted for this person. And one of the results is that we had child tax credits and that's universally popular for everybody. And so when you go out and vote again, these are some policies that you could be voting for with these candidates. Yeah, I definitely agree that the more people that are able to vote and do vote is how we're going to find the most representative democracy. Um, and I think one of the things we talk about, you know, we've talked a little bit about how access is improving, which is great. And in some ways, it definitely hasn't. And others, it hasn't in 2020 because um, we needed to increase access to mail balloting for because of the pandemic. A lot of states put that into place and then some of them shut them back down <laughs> and put other laws into place to try and make it more difficult for people to vote or because they thought it was important for their state. And that every time a voting law changes, it complicates the process for the voter. And there's a thing that came out a few years ago from the Center for Civic Design that talks about the epic journey of American voters that talks about, you know, the expected path. They register to vote, they learn about what's on the ballot and their options for voting, and then they go and cast a ballot. And it's, you know, that's what we think of. And those, those are the key ingredients of being able to vote. But along the way, you know, maybe they register to vote, but they didn't have their ID on hand and they have to follow up with their ID or, a common thing I saw when I was registering voters, they put their birth date in the wrong place and the date for that day in the right in that place, right? So like small, small things can stop someone from actually being registered to vote. And you know, other things like they may think that they can vote by mail, but they request their ballot too late. And um, or maybe the post office has an issue, or you know, there's so many things outside of the voters' control that influence this as well. And I think one of the things that we can do is continue to provide that information and encourage people to follow up. But also there's organizations like ours and organizations that support specific communities in helping to register to vote, like National Disability Rights Network does a lot of advocacy for the disability community and making sure access is available. So if you are a voter looking for information, there's probably a group out there that has answers to the questions that you have. And there's a lot of people out there trying to support you. So I think the one thing I have for that is, you know, you may face a challenge and that happens with the voting, but there's always someone there who can assist you in getting to the next step. And hopefully, you know, us and these other groups are actually able to help you do that and able to answer that. Um, so that's, yeah. 
Yeah, I think all of these are, are amazing ideas. And, you know, when you look at increasing turnout, um, you know, in all of these elections and empowering voters, because I, I, I do believe voting is an empowering feeling um, that comes with that, you know, people sometimes ask, you know, where's the easy button? Um, and, and I, I don't necessarily even love the question because I don't think there is an easy button to democracy. And I also don't think it's supposed to be easy. I think it's supposed to be something that we participate in and that we work for um, and, that, and that, that we therefore kind of all benefit from. Um, and, you know, if you, but, but if you look at these types of things, if you look at what, what are the things that some, some of us can do, right? If you're, if you're listening to this webinar and, you know, you know, Mila, to your point in your podcast, it's not just about running for office, right? Sometimes the steps we ask people to take are just a step too far, right? What are the small things that we can do? And when I think about that easy button, well, one of the easy things each of us can do is when elections come around, talk to your neighbor, talk to your aunt, your uncle, you know, two or three people kind of around you. If every voter talked to three or four people every election, um, you know, turnout would explode. Um, so maybe there isn't an easy button for democracy, but I think there can be an easy button to, to reaching some of those people because um, I'm sure we all have people in our life that are not, um, you know, willing or able to get to the polls. Um, so kind of curious for everybody else, you know, from your perspective, you know, maybe it's the easy button um, or what are the easy things people can do when they want to either participate themselves or, you know, get others to do the same? I'm not sure that there is one. Um because of, and this just may be how I think I walk in an understanding of nuance with everything. Um, and so when I think about what I can do to, you know, encourage people in this way, it, it really is going to depend on the person and how much I know about them. We can often say things like, yes, go and speak to your neighbors or, you know, put some effort into walking around in your community and encouraging others to go and have the same enthusiasm for voting as you do. But our backgrounds are different. Our reasons for not being able to or choosing not to vote are completely different. Um, so I would say, honestly, these types of efforts start even before voting um, for voting season commences, having relationships with people that are non-political, um, that have nothing to do with how we skew on the spectrum is really going to be the key to building trust within each other as a society so that when it comes time for voting, we can then trust the words of our neighbor or someone that lives in our community that may already know our background and isn't just speaking from the perspective of an organization that they're working with or a campaign that they're trying to that they're trying to run. We've had prior relationships and so uh, or prior engagements and so when someone is trying to tell me why something is relevant to me, I know they're not just speaking to me as a, a representative of an ideology. They're speaking to me because they know that it's going to personally be um, relatable to me or it's it's specifically going to help me. If that, if that makes any sense. So relationships would probably be it, but making sure that they start from a, a personal standpoint, a humane standpoint, and not just a, a political one. Yeah, I have to echo uh, what Shakira said, just um, you trust the people you know more so than something you see on television or a campaign that you're hearing from. And really what we ideally all want is for everybody to go out and vote who they are. We all took our own path through life and we all have developed 
their own understanding and viewpoints of all these very complicated issues. And we want to hear everybody's viewpoint, whether they agree with us or not. It's, it turns into a football game with this whole, you know, red versus blue, Republican versus Democrat, who's going to win kind of nonsense. But what it really kind of needs to be is an expression of all of us, all of our voices kind of coming together to give sort of a common direction. And you, I, I think it's, it's nurturing, not those relationships, but ensuring that part of your relationship with your friends is that we go vote, you know, even when we don't agree, we all go vote, we all participate, you know, that this is just something that we do that is part of who we are and who, our culture. So my easy button for that is making that part of your group or your clique or your, you know, team that that's what we do is we go and vote even if we're on completely different pages, maybe even more so, you know, let's all go and say who we are and what we believe in. Over. Yeah, I definitely agree with all that. Um, one thing I would add is I think there's an enormous power in positive social pressure, um, FOMO, fear of missing out. I think when more people post about voting uh, on social media and things like that, it really does have an effect on people because they don't want to be the person that, people think isn't voting because it's not, it's not a popular thing to be known as someone that doesn't go and vote, uh, at least in my experience. And so I think there's some power and positive social pressures of like showing, it's kind of like, you know, it's very similar to when people would post pictures of their vaccination card. Um, obviously that was a little bit more political or, or got political, I guess, after a while um, and sort of derailed from there. But I think the point being is that when more people see it, they realize, oh, all these other people are doing this. I should go through, do this as well. Um, I should share that I'm doing this as well. I think that that's one thing. Obviously it's not something that's going to solve like, you know, voter turnout issues, but I do think that there's some value in that because it creates an incentive for somebody to go and do something. They don't want to be the person that's not doing that. They don't want to be missing out on that. And, and so it's utilizing social media in a way that can actually be effective rather than be a disincentive to voting. So that's one thing that I've noticed. It's sort of a unique thing that I think is, has cropped up and that, uh, that could be powerful. Yeah, for sure. Messaging around missing out <laughs> that everybody else is doing it and you're not doing it too is, I think, very powerful. Um, I would agree with Shakira and Ted that there is nothing really easy here uh, and building relationships and uh, being the kind of person who is open to talking with your friends and family who might disagree with you on the political spectrum is uh, actually really challenging. And like Shakira said, you have to do it all the time, like well before you have to go and vote. Uh, and I think that's just a muscle that we have to train ourselves to, to have, you know, to be comfortable in having maybe uncomfortable conversations with people who disagree and, and really talk about how uh, our vote really does matter. I think that's maybe way more important than, uh, you know, than talking about what your politics are, obviously that's, you know, but to say that, you know, here we are, we, we can be empowered. In fact, I think that's one of my favorite things about this country is that in fact, the, uh, the infrastructure to exercise our vote almost everywhere is pretty sound. Uh, and there have been attempts to make it less sound and there has been a lot of voter apathy, which is what we have been talking about. But uh, yeah, to have these trusted relationships is incredibly meaningful and, and to, you know, talk about the power that we have. 
Yeah, I think um, also just going to say super agree with Shakira about how important it is to have relationships with the people that you're talking to about voting. And there's a lot of evidence that this like gear up really big right before the election and then disappear after is not an effective way um, to get people excited about the process and to help long-term voters. And um, Circle, who actually is a research organization that actually focuses on K through 12, one of the big things that they put out a couple years ago is that um, they are focusing on growing voters instead of mobilizing voters, which means investing in um, young people and like what speaks to them long-term and why that's an important way to make sure that they're able to vote. And part of that was identifying that um, for a lot of younger people, issues are at the center of what is motivating for them. And so centering that in a lot of the conversations and that varies for different people. That's just one example. Um, But I think one way, you know, that's not an easy button, but is a way to think about voting and talk about it is, you know, our method is through a holiday, like National Voter Registration Day, which is to make an opportunity nationally to like celebrate democracy and like raise awareness about voter registration deadlines are coming up and make it a fun activity to apply some of this like social pressure that people were talking about because it's all over social media. Like, you know, even in a local election, we were trending number one on Twitter, which is like not, you know, a little bit of bragging, but also I think it speaks to the fact that like, this kind of thing can really bring awareness. So holidays like that and other efforts can be really helpful. This was absolutely excellent. And I think it, it bleeds kind of nicely into kind of hopefully our, our wrap up. Um, you know, when, when people turn on the news um, or read the paper these days, they probably see a lot of headlines that are meant to scare you or anger you, right? Um, you better vote because something really bad is gonna happen. Um, or something really bad is happening, so you better go vote. And, you know, there's, a, there's an old quote that, that most people don't hate government, they hate politics. And the problem is people don't know which is which um, anymore. And I think, you know, maybe to, maybe to wrap this up, if everyone can kind of state their positive way of encouraging participation, so, so less the scare tactic and, and more the positive. Um, I think for me, one of the big things is how many times, you know, in, in your average year, does someone just want your opinion? And you get to have whatever opinion you want, um, and it's yours. Um, and they need it. They need you to have that opinion. Um, so you know, you can ask about the Super Bowl halftime show. You can ask about any other thing. But in this case, they, you know, there's an entire kind of ecosystem out there that is just looking for your voice and your opinion. And, and that's kind of for me one of the positive ways. So um, yeah, kind of last time around, I would love to kind of hear from everybody. There are positive ways of encouraging either for you or for your organization. I think, and as maybe not as positive as this sounds, people love finding ways to work a system. I think over time we have, or at least when I speak to youth, um, being able to finesse a system is is incredible and they they love to be able to do it. And so to, to explain in that way that collectively, right, because it, it takes it takes all of us. So saying that like my one vote doesn't matter. Yes. But if you and a bunch of other people think this way, then collectively, no, no one will vote and then nothing will, nothing will get decided upon. So I I think 
encouraging and explaining maybe in a, a micro type of way that like if you and a bunch of other people decide to go out and share your opinions, this massive thing, this, this massive change can happen. Try, I guess trying to explain what we've been able to witness over time in, in a few sentences to people who haven't done it yet, because my angle is always going to be to go to youth. Um, I think that we as older citizens are not necessarily set in our ways we can change, but if we want to look to to changing voter turnout and just how elections go in the future, I say getting to the youth is the best place and explaining it to them in this positive way of the system will work if you work it. That's probably your your best bet to getting the youth encouraged in voting, explaining to them that getting out there and voting, using your resources as well. There's no shame in going to vote and then maybe looking up on your phone what something means or like, uh, how has this applied to me or what is this person actually trying to do? I don't remember. Ugh, you know what I mean? Do it. If, if that means that you're going to get you're going to vote not only accurately according to your interests, but accurately according to what's being asked of you, do it. Encouraging them and just explaining that it is a, it's a system that can work. If you work it, they will go and vote. I promise you. I would, uh, my positive uh, message would be, it's not so much your vote, it's your voice. And you can be communicating out there with the public. You could be doing podcasts. You could be doing speeches. But at the end of the day, your voice is heard through your vote. And we need to hear your voice. We need to hear everybody's voices coming through loud and clear. And that is your opportunity to do it. And we need it. Um, it doesn't work when there's just a few voices. We need as many as we can have and as many as we can hear. Well, I always try to identify like what is what are the things that impact someone's life and try to help them build that bridge to how voting changes that or how voting affects that i think um you know i worked on a lot of campaigns before i worked on a lot of elections and one thing that matters most is you find that thing that that changes somebody's perspective about something or they didn't realize that like oh this person or this thing affects this this particular thing that i care about a great example is a school bond levy or something you know things like that where it's like oh you you know you realize like your child's school um, was upgraded to where they don't have these dilapidated stairs anymore where people were falling down or getting hurt or something. Well, the bond levy is what paid for that. And people went and they voted for that. Um, you know, it comes down to things like that for me. And I, I have found that to be the most effective way to, to get people to the polls and to really value voting because you do that once with someone and it's not just one time that they go to the polls. My, my, like, in my experience, you know, that type of investment, even if they don't feel that personal connection every time, they understand that that things that they may not even know about could be impacted by this election, by this person, by this thing. And so I think it's I think a lot of it is that. And that's part voter education, but it's also just part like communicating with people. Um, I, for example, like when I was, you know, turning 18, I, I didn't know half of what the local elections in my town did. You know, I did not know what a property assessor did. I did not know what the school board, for, in fact, did. And so helping people understand, like, how important those positions are and how they affect their daily lives, in my experience, has been the most effective and, and also creates um, an incentive to vote again. And, and I think to Shakira's point earlier, 
Focusing on young people is extremely important. Um, one thing, and I mentioned before, Vote 16 is an initiative that we work on at Generation Citizen. What we've found and research has showed that when a teenager um, is, is living at home and is eligible to vote, that makes their parents more likely to vote. So you see your child voting, you don't want to be the people, you don't want to be the parents that are not voting as well. And so I think like, like empowering a new generation uh, to feel the value in voting and to be invested in that will have that trickle up effect and I think can make a huge difference. So I agree with everything that's already been said, and I feel like I have to add something slightly different. And, and I think the only thing I can offer here is that I have an 18-year-old who, uh, and he just turned 18 last month in January. So it's very exciting. And for his birthday, I gave him a voter registration card. So he was super excited about that. And uh, I think it's just, it's good to encourage people who are young to vote because actually they're very excited to. I have discovered from my son that all of his friends are deeply interested about what's happening in the government. And uh, I think it's really a missed opportunity to not get them to start voting as soon as possible, as soon as they turn 18, because as we all have already discussed here, that voting is habitual. It's a lifelong habit, right? Like once you start voting, you're likely to vote again and again. And so I think What's really exciting is to share with people that young people are interested. They do want to know what's happening. I think if you look at the activism, for example, when it comes to the climate crisis, you can see that they really want to figure out how they can solve this problem, you know, because um, we're not solving it right now. So it's going to be up to them. And, and I think uh, getting them to vote is the first step. I love everything everyone said. It's hard to go last. Um, I think I'll just add a little bit different thing. I touched on this a little bit in our last one, but I think um, there is like merit to trying to make some of these things that you do fun <laughs> and engaging and community oriented, which, you know, that's what National Voter Registration Day does. But there's also other holidays that do that, like Voter Early Day, National Voter Education Week, a lot of points where you can do this. And you know, a couple of weeks ago, we interviewed Asian Community Development Council that's based in Nevada, and they did a couple things. They had a petting zoo that had goats, and they had Pokemon go to the polls, and they were specifically thinking about the young people in their community and what they would like and put an event together that would fit those interests. And I think these kind of holidays and touch points where like encouraging everyone to go and register and vote on that day or things like that can be really helpful in like creating a moment and also an opportunity for you to engage folks in your community around an activity that they find particularly interesting um, and also add in the voting piece of it as well. So I think that's just an opportunity to kind of create some community around voting and a culture of voting as well. Um, this has been amazing. Um, thank you to the Democracy Group for putting this you know, panel together. Thank you to all of you for sharing your time uh, and your wisdom uh, and your positive ideas around voting and participation um, with everybody here today. Um, and hey, it's 2022. It's a, an election year, which means that people around us uh, everywhere will have many opportunities, at least two most likely to vote uh, this year in their primary and their general. Um, so thank you very much, everyone, for your time. Uh, look forward to talking to you soon. Thank you for listening to this episode from the Democracy Group. 
If you want more podcasts like this, then visit democracygroup.org. There you will find our events, topics, and a newsletter as well. So head on over to democracygroup.org.